This podcast is brought to you by the Reformed Witness Committee of Hope Protestant Reformed Church in Walker, Michigan. It is our goal to spread our distinct Protestant Reformed views based on the Word of God and the Reformed Confessions. We hope that this message is edifying to you. We begin by reading from Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Humans have an uneasy relationship with death. We all know that death is inevitable, but we spend our lives trying to avoid it. We do not want even to talk about it, and when we have to face it, we try to make light of it with humor. Each of us grows older, many of us become sick as we grow older, and eventually all of us die. And humanity does not have an answer to death. Humans try to make jokes about death. They try to avoid speaking about death. They have different words, euphemisms, to avoid using the word death, such as he passed away or she passed on. But the Christian, and only the Christian, has hope in death. First of all, what is death? Many people view death as something natural. Everyone dies. So death is just the natural end of life. Many believe that death is not only the end of life, but death is also the end of human existence. When a person dies, he is buried or cremated, and then, they say, he no longer exists. The funeral takes place, toasts are made to the deceased, and everyone goes home back to not thinking about death again until there is another funeral. And the deceased exists only in the memory of those who knew him. But he has, most people believe, no real objective existence after death. They might say to their children that the loved one has gone to heaven, but they don't really believe that there is such a place as heaven. They have no real confidence that heaven is or that they will go to heaven. Others think that there must be something after this life. There must be something they hope better after this life, but they have vague ideas about what that something might be. And when people die, they will mutter something like, surely he is in a better place. 
Sure, all her sufferings are now over. But they have no idea what kind of place that might be. Or, if indeed, the place where their person has gone is better than this world. And all the while, death is a terrible reality. And for many people, much suffering precedes the actual point of death. Suffering through disease until finally the person is taken away by death. And often at the point of death, a person is a mere shadow of his or her former self. Disease has ravaged that person. And what happens then at the point of death? At the point of death, the human being is divided into two parts. The soul, which is the true personality of the human being, that immaterial, spiritual aspect of the human being, is separated from the body. And then the body at the point of death becomes motionless and lifeless. The heart stops beating. The lungs cease to breathe. All human bodily activity comes to an end. The brain ceases to function. The person is pronounced dead. And then the body has to be buried or cremated to get rid of it because otherwise it will decompose and stink. And the Bible says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 7. But the Bible teaches that death is not natural. It is universal. It is common. We all are surrounded by death, but death is not merely the natural end of life. Death is very definitely the judgment of God upon sinners. And when a human being dies, he dies because God has inflicted the sentence of death upon him. And that's what makes death a terrifying reality. Behind the act of dying and behind the act of death is the hand of God's wrath. That was the warning that God gave to our first father, Adam. Genesis 2, verse 17. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And then when Adam sinned, God pronounced the death sentence upon him. Genesis 3, verse 19. Dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Thus prophesying or promising to Adam that he would die, that when he died, his body would return to the dust. Paul explains this in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, 
And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And he adds in Romans 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. And so when a person dies today, just as when a person died in the beginning, when Adam died, when Eve died in the beginning, God has pronounced the sentence of death on him or her, and God executes the sentence of death on him or her. We read Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 15. And in those two verses, the writer uses two important expressions in connection with death. Verse 14 speaks of, quote, him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. In a very important sense, then, the devil is behind death. Now, of course, God ultimately is sovereign over death, but the devil has, says Hebrews 2, verse 14, the devil has or had, past tense, the devil has or had the power of death. The devil loves death. The devil loves to see people dying. Because the devil knows when people die, ordinarily, they perish. The devil delights in the perishing of human beings. Jesus calls the devil, in John 8, 44, a murderer from the beginning. The devil murdered our first parents, Adam and Eve, by tempting them to spiritual suicide. He tempted them to disobey God, which they knew would lead to their death. Thus, they committed spiritual suicide at the instigation of the devil. And thus, the devil, as the murderer from the beginning, brought them under the judgment of death. And the devil has not changed. The devil continues to murder souls today. He tempts them to soul-destroying sins. And then he hides from them the way of life. He blinds them to the way of life so that they never seek the way of life. And his one great desire is that human beings do not find the way of life and having fallen into sin and being dead in sin, that they never live. And the devil, therefore, has the power of death, which he wields as a weapon against human beings. The other expression is found in verse 15. It speaks of, quote, them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Human beings are afraid of death. And that fear of death is a kind of bondage. And bondage means slavery. It's a kind of spiritual slavery to be afraid of death. The devil keeps human beings in bondage through their fear of death. 
And the fear of death then keeps human beings in bondage to other sins. One who is in bondage to the fear of death is under the power of unbelief. The very best thing you can say about someone who is afraid of death is that he or she has weak faith or that he or she is not exercising his or her faith. And the worst thing you can say about that person, which is true for almost all people who are afraid of death, is that he is an unbeliever. If you find someone who is afraid of death, you have ordinarily found an unbeliever, one who is in bondage to the devil. Also, one who is in bondage to the fear of death is under the power of idolatry. Because if you are afraid of death, then you will do anything. And you will trust in anything to avoid death. And so those who are afraid of death will idolize the body, will idolize health, will idolize family, will idolize money, will idolize life itself. Anything to avoid death. And they have an unhealthy obsession with avoiding death. And they will give themselves and will give anything in order to avoid death. For example, one who is afraid of death will be afraid to lay down his life for the truth and therefore can easily be tempted to the sin of apostasy as was Peter. Peter denied Jesus because he was afraid of death. He did repent, though, by God's grace, but his fear of death and his fear of suffering before death led him to deny Jesus Christ. About faithful believers, Scripture says, quote, in Revelation 12, 11, they loved not their lives unto the death. The believer will not do anything to avoid death. The believer will not sin in order to avoid death. But the unbeliever will. The one who is afraid of death will. He is open to, he is easy prey to the temptations of the devil. And he really is in bondage to the devil who has him in bondage by his fear of death. And that bondage, says verse 14, is all their lifetime, or rather verse 15, all their lifetime. Such miserable people have been slaves all their life. All their life they have been slaves to the fear of death. They have never known anything else except slavery or bondage. And as they have grown, they have simply grown into a consciousness of their own 
mortality. They realize as they grow that one day they must die. And all their days they are worried about death. They're worried about their own death. They're worried about the death of others. Fear about death affects their health. It affects their lifestyle. It affects their sleep. It affects their mental health. They turn to pleasure or alcohol or drugs or sex or covetousness or greed or other stimulants to avoid focusing on death because they are afraid of death. They try to avoid thinking about death. And yet, and this is the dreadful thing, yet it is necessary and really fitting that unbelievers should fear death. The fear that the unbeliever has of death is not unfounded and is not irrational. God has justly delivered them into the bondage of the fear of death because of their sins. Think of Adam and Eve before the fall. They did not fear death. They had not experienced death. They lived in and enjoyed blessedness of life with God. But after they sinned, Adam's first words to God were these. Genesis 3 verse 10. I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. I was afraid. I was afraid because of what God said before the fall that I would die. Sin made Adam afraid of death, and sin today makes human beings afraid of death. And they ought to be afraid of death. Death is fearful for several reasons. First, first of all, it is the end of everything good that they have enjoyed in this life. For the unbeliever, death is the end of earthly pleasure. Death is the end of earthly relationships with one's wife, husband, father, mother, children, siblings, or friends. In death, the dying person is permanently separated from all of his earthly possessions. Whatever he lived for, he must now leave it forever. Paul says in 1 Timothy 6 verse 7, We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. Death is fearful, second, because it brings human beings into judgment. Hebrews 9 verse 27 it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. It's a fearful thing to stand before the judge with all one's sins. It's a fearful thing for the judge to open the book in which all of one's sins are recorded and for him to judge you out of the things written in the book. And that happens when a person dies. And as the psalmist says in Psalm 130 
Verse 3, if thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquity, O Lord, who shall stand? Death is fearful. Third, because death, for most people, is not a passageway into a better place, as people fondly think. It is not an end to suffering. It is rather the beginning of terrible suffering under the judgment of God in hell. And for many people, these words are true, recorded in Luke 16, 23, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. Well might people therefore tremble in fear at the thought of death. Well might they be in bondage all their lifetime to the fear of death. No wonder people are anxious not to die. They're anxious to avoid the judge. They're anxious to avoid hell. They're anxious to avoid reckoning with what they have done. As long as they can, they want to put that appointment with God off. They dare not die because death for them will be nothing but loss, eternal. To stop fearing death, one must be delivered from that bondage of the fear of death. One must be delivered, therefore, from him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. As it stands, with the unbeliever, the devil has both the power and the authority to terrorize him with death. And the only way of deliverance, therefore, is to disarm the devil so that he no longer has the power of the fear of death or to render the power of the devil's weapon useless. So you can imagine the devil could still brandish death as a weapon. He could still threaten people with and try to terrorize people with death. But we would have no reason to fear death. It would be like removing the bullets from a gun or blunting a sword. The enemy could wave about his weapon menacingly, but we would know that his weapon has no power to harm us. And that, according to Hebrews 2.14, is exactly what Jesus Christ has done. The purpose of Christ in our salvation is described there in verse 14, that he might destroy him that had the power of death. We've talked about who this person is who has the power of death. We've described the power that he has by which he keeps us enslaved to the, to the fear of death. But now we have to look at how God in Christ has destroyed him. That word destroy is an interesting one. It does not mean 
to bring the devil's existence to an end. We think sometimes destroy means to annihilate or to vaporize so that that person no longer exists. That's not the idea of destroy here in the Bible. Rather, the word means to render inoperative, to put out of commission, to neutralize the power of something or someone. And now we can say about death, that death is in the hands of the devil as harmless as a plastic pistol that your little boy might play with when he plays cops and robbers, or as harmless as a rubber knife. It might even look real. You can get quite good replicas of these things nowadays. But the devil is a defeated foe. Christ has plucked that weapon from his hand and has rendered it and him inoperative. He cannot, the devil cannot, harm the Christian. He cannot harm the believer in Jesus Christ. Death cannot harm the Christian. Even death, brandished menacingly by the devil, cannot harm the Christian. And verse 14 tells us how the devil was disarmed, rendered inoperative, and destroyed. First, Jesus took the flesh and blood of human beings. Verse 14, For as much then as the children, and they are God's people, the children, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That is, as we talked about in another speech, that is the wonder of the incarnation. The Son of God took to himself a real human nature, complete like our human nature, flesh and blood. And that was necessary in order to save us, who are flesh and blood. Second, Jesus removed the power of the fear of death from the hands of the devil by submitting himself to death itself. Verse 14 says that he, or that that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. The reason that death has power over human beings ordinarily is the power of sin. The reason humans fear death is that death is punishment for sin and is judgment for sin. And if death then can be robbed of that power of sin, then death will become powerless. And if death is powerless, then we have no reason to fear death. And if we have no reason to fear death, the devil cannot enslave us by the fear of death. And if we're not in bondage to the fear of death, we're free. Free to serve God. 
without the fear of death, with a good conscience, looking forward to eternal life. And Jesus did that when he died on the cross. When he took upon himself human flesh and blood, and then sacrificed that human flesh and blood, his own body on the cross, he satisfied God's justice against sin. He took upon himself the punishment that we deserved for our sins. And when he did that, God was satisfied. God said, that is enough. That satisfies my justice. There is no longer any punishment necessary for those who are in Jesus Christ. And therefore death, whatever it might be for the unbeliever, is not, for the Christian, punishment. It's not judgment. Therefore, the Christian need not and must not fear it. Christ has, by his incarnation and death, changed death into something else. It was a horrible enemy. Now it is, as Paul puts it, in Philippians 1 verse 21, gain. Gain. For to me to live is Christ, says Paul, and to die is gain. The unbeliever, when he dies, he has lost. He loses everything he ever had, including his soul. When the believer dies, the believer gains. The believer receives more, much more than he or she ever had in this life. Third, after Jesus died, he rose again from the dead to show publicly that through his death he has conquered death. Death could not keep him in the grave. Death was destroyed by him. He conquered it. He destroyed it. He rendered death inoperative. He has disarmed death. And so if death is a gun, to use the illustration, he has removed the bullets from the gun. And if death is a knife, he has blunted the knife so that the, that the knife or the bullets or the gun cannot harm anyone any longer. That's the idea of disarming death, or as Paul puts it, in the day before guns, in 1 Corinthians 15, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death has a sting. Like a scorpion has a sting. The sting of death is sin. Jesus has by his incarnation, his death on the cross, and his resurrection, he has removed the sting. He has rendered that scorpion, as it were, stingless. It looks scary, 
The scorpion might look scary, but it cannot sting because it stung Jesus and he removed the sting by suffering under the wrath of God on the cross in the place of his people. And so, the unbeliever has every reason to fear death as we said. The one outside of Jesus Christ has every reason to fear death. Such people are justly in bondage to the fear of death. For them, death is loss. Terrible, eternal loss. They lose everything. Everything they enjoyed in this life. They lose their soul forever. But the Christian, unlike the unbeliever, does not and must not fear death. Because for the Christian, death is gain. Wonderful. Eternal. Gain. At the point of death, the believer in his soul passes immediately into the presence of God. And he sees the face of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The believer enjoys conscious fellowship and blessedness and glory in the presence of God. The believer enjoys eternal life in a higher and a richer and a deeper and a more satisfying way than he ever enjoyed it on this earth. And best of all, and this has no interest for the unbeliever, but best of all, the believer's soul is instantly perfected so that he no longer has sin. That is, I say, the most attractive idea of heaven. Serving God, knowing God, experiencing the love of God without distraction, without sin, with a heart free from lust, free from pride and anger, free from fear and unbelief, free from doubt, free from selfishness, something we cannot even imagine in our sinful lives today. How difficult it is for us as believers to pray for a few minutes without sin. Our hearts are full of sin. We long to be free from our sins. That's the wonder of heaven. We will be in heaven. We will be with God. We will be with Christ. And we will be without sin. No wonder, Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Only one thing, beloved, will be lacking in heaven. We will not yet be glorified in our bodies. That's the one thing that is lacking. When we die, as die we must, our bodies will be buried. And they will decompose. And they will suffer corruption. And our souls will be in heaven. 
enjoying conscious fellowship with God in Jesus Christ. But God has his eye upon our bodies too. And on the last day, when history has finally come to a close, and when all of God's purposes with history are completed, then Jesus Christ shall return as the judge of the living and the dead with great power and glory, and he shall speak. And by the power of his almighty voice, the dead shall be raised from the dust of the earth. And Paul says, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And then we will have everything we ever hoped for. Eternal life in body and soul, in the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwell. So all humans must die. Death is inevitable. Most human beings fear death, and they have good reason to fear death. But the Christian, he does not fear death, because he has hope in his death. And would you have hope in your death? Then believe, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hope PR Ministry Podcast. We are a part of the Protestant Reformed Churches in America, and we are located in West Michigan. Our goal is to spread our distinctive Reformed beliefs. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us at hoperwc at gmail.com and visit our website at hopeprchurch.org if you would like to learn more about our beliefs. You can also worship with us every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 5 p.m.